like to keep, um, you know, five, about five grand for the first store and then a certain number for each store after that. Um, so it can be $1,000, $2,000, but you need to make sure that you have some kind of reserves in the bank. As an operator, I know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing, and I'm looking to learn from other investors' mistakes. I know you are too, and you found the right place. Welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Everybody and welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the great pleasure of having my main man, Tyler, with me today. How are things over in Winston, man? It's good. It's good. It's really good. You know, other than the rain today, but other than that, it's good. It rained all day. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get my walk in, man. So do yeah. me a favor. If the listeners want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can uh, email me at Green Salix Real Estate, which is green as in the color, Salix, which is S-A-L-I-X, real estate at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to reach me. Perfect, man. Now that we've got the important stuff out the way, tell me a little bit about your background and what you've been working on recently in real estate. Sure. So I joined the local RIA uh, back in 2016 and drank the Kool-Aid um, started, uh, started talking to the guys and the gals in the group that were where I wanted to be and, you know, found out what they were doing. And, um, they, you know, one of the, their things was, you know, take action, you know, do something, don't just read books. Um, don't just, uh, take classes, do something. Right. And so my first property was a single family home. Um, back in 2016, I actually used a realtor to buy that one. And um, so I do, I use the Burr method, which I'm sure you, you're aware of that. Um, so I bought it, I rehabbed it, I rented it, I refinanced it, and then you repeat the process. Um, so we bought it for 56,000. Um, we rented it out or we rehabbed it for 11 grand. Um, we Rented it out for eight ninety five a month, which is not a home run, but it's a base hit anyways. And then um, refinanced it, so I pulled my cash back out, and then repeated the process. And that's where we bought an eight unit apartment building. Got it. So you got an eight unit. Look at you mm-hmm. rolling yeah. into the buy and hold strategy. And yeah. so you bought. How did you get this eight unit? This is a great story. How did you How did you land on this eight unit? Yeah, so I do pest control during the day. So um, I met the owners out there. They were having some bed bug issues. And so we took care of some bed bug issues with the pest control company. And you know, I said, you know, if you guys ever want to sell this thing, let me know because I'd be interested. And so that was back in 2015, I think it was. And then uh, this happened again in 2017. And so I was like, listen, listen, if you guys ever want to sell this, let me know. And uh, they were just tired of fooling with it. They were fed up. And so they called me a couple weeks later and they were just like, yeah, actually we do want to sell it. So I was like, great. So let's work out the numbers. And um, they said, okay, well, we'd like to get it appraised. Well, what they did was they went to the county website and printed off the tax record card. 
Um, and so you know as well as I do, that's not even close to what the value of the property is. But um, so they asked a little more than that, and we settled on um, two thirty, so two hundred thirty thousand five hundred for the apartments. Whoa! Yeah, deal to me. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was a deal at the time, but it is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. You ran into some issues last summer, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so last summer we had three fires within six months of each other. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Um, the first one, uh, we had a resident that had the string LEDs and it had a battery pack and she had her mattress and box spring on the floor and she had the battery pack underneath her box spring, like right up against the carpet. And so that gets really hot. And so that got really hot. It caught the box spring on fire, caught the mattress on fire, caught the wall on fire. Um, uh, the fire department showed up, uh, they broke in the doors, uh, they tore up the carpet, they tore down the wall because they needed to make sure there weren't any embers going in there. Uh, thank goodness they didn't use any water, um, but they shut the power off um and then so the resident had to find somewhere and then that resident had only been there for a month and a half so she paid two months of rent and then never came back after that night left her stuff left everything in like a band in the apartment <laughs> so, so then so then i had to fix it up and i used all of her security deposit plus some just to get it back right it was awful so how much how much was a security deposit how much is rent at this place um these apartments are going for 675 and i think we just did a 675 security deposit with her um so i used all of that plus some just to because i had to put drywall up on the wall oh my gosh getting all the soot off of the ceilings off of the walls off of the baseboards it was just everywhere and the HVAC pumped the soot throughout the whole apartment. So there was soot absolutely everywhere. And um, I was told by another uh, landlord to get some of those sponges. There's some special sponges that help soak up soot. And so got some of those and, oh man, in time and money, we probably spent, uh, you know, probably eight, $900 on that one fix for that one apartment. And then to have it happen again in two months, it's crazy. So I think there's a great lesson there for a lot of the owners because you could have ran out and just called the insurance company and said, hey, I need somebody to come in and do this. Uh, what made you take a more measured approach and trying to get this thing corrected? Yeah. Well, you know, I thought about my premiums. I didn't want my premiums to go up. And um, I think my deductible is $1,000. So I didn't want to, um, you know, have a, a ding on my uh, insurance report when I could, I'm going to have to pay for it out of pocket anyway. So I might as well just spit in the cast, get it, get it done, get it rented, get somebody back in there to make some more money as opposed to dealing with the insurance company that could take a lot longer too. Right. Um, and then maybe potentially have my premiums go up. So we just had to go a different route. No, I think it makes sense. And you keep control of the whole situation. So I, I right. think more play by you guys for sure. And so you get that one fixed up, get it rented back out, and then what? 
<laughs> we were actually working on it and I smell, it smells like somebody's barbecuing. <laughs> and uh, so I go outside and I see the guy that's four apartments down run out onto the balcony. There's smoke rolling out of his apartment. And uh, I can't remember what he was doing, but he, I think he was just trying to get away from the smoke, but he had had a grease fire in his apartment. And so he was cooking some fries on the stove. The grease caught on fire. He tried to throw it over into the sink and it just exploded all over the kitchen. So the whole kitchen caught on fire. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I think I'm cursed. Like this property is cursed or I'm cursed. Um, but something's going on. A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators, but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get their next deal done. We've developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they do, they create the time and location freedom, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. The Myers methods of multifamily investing have proved to be the fastest way to establish credibility and properly grow an apartment portfolio. If you want to know more about our four-step process, jump over to MyersMethods.com to get our free four-step guide to getting into multifamily investing. Let's get back to the episode. Wait, so this is the same day you were like fixing up the other one, right? Yeah, so this was, I think it was probably maybe a couple of weeks, two or three weeks after the first fire that the second fire happened. And then, uh, so we got that fixed. We got the first one fixed. Then we started on the second fire, um, had to use those sponges, repaint everything, um, and just try to get as much smoke out of, out of there as possible. I did buy an ozone machine uh, for the first one because all that soot going everywhere. So that was something I learned too. Um, you know, get a good ozone machine because you never know when you can use it. Because if you have a place with pets or, you know, something like that, um, it also helps to get rid of pet odor. So, wow. Okay. So, is that it or is there more? <sighs> There's more. So, um, a few months after that, I'm actually driving to the apartments with my dad and I get a call. Uh, from my resident and he says hey Tyler um, you might want to get down here the apartment's on fire and I was like you have got to be are you joking right now because this just happened like a few months ago and I'm sitting at the stoplight and I see the fire truck coming towards me and so he turns down the road where the apartments are and I follow the fire truck we get there and there were no joke 13 fire trucks in the parking lot which we don't even have a large parking lot, but they were lined up down the road um, to take care of this fire. And what had happened was uh, the the two heating elements in the HVAC, uh, the air handler shorted out and caused smoke to go up into the attic. And so they were smelling fire or smelling smoke and they called the fire department and the fire department showed up with 13 trucks. And thank goodness they didn't have to use water on that one either. Um, they just tore down the ceiling in the living room and in the bedroom. And so there's insulation everywhere. There's smoke everywhere. Um, it was just, it's always a mess. Wait, so they just pull it all down and then walk away? 
Yeah. Yeah, they shut the power off. Okay, that's one of the things I learned too, is if the fire department shuts your power off, um, you have to have uh, some an electrician come out to say it's safe before you can turn your power back on. So that's not cool either. So I had to pay an electrician to come out and say everything was good um, before we could turn the power back on. So what I ended up doing, I had a vacant apartment, so I had to move that guy from his apartment downstairs to a different apartment and um, until I could get the power turned back on. Well, he wasn't going to be able to stay in there with the insulation and the ceiling on the floor, could he? No, he wouldn't want to. No. <laughs> oh, he was not happy either because there was insulation all over his nice furniture. Oh, it was not good. Oh, man. So, I mean, did your eyes, like, get big when you saw the fire shutter? <laughs> oh, they did. Listen, if you have, like, show notes or something, I'll send you pictures, and you can see all the fire trucks lined up down the road. Um, but, yeah, I was like, I was, I'm looking at my dad, I'm like, this cannot be happening right now. Like, how can I have three fires within six months of each other in an eight-unit apartment building? Like, what are the odds? <laughs> but... So that wasn't the only HVAC issues you had this summer either, was it? No, no, I had three HVAC systems go out um, in one summer. So, and something I learned from that is just uh, make sure you have plenty of reserves um, because those are not cheap. I mean, they're a lot more expensive than the fires have been. They are. Did you have to do the whole system or did you just do the outside unit? Uh, we did the outside unit and we replaced the indoor units because the building was built in 76. Yeah. So they were original to the building. And so it was just time. Okay. So, I mean, that's 35 to 42, depending on which unit, which brand <laughs> yeah. manufactured. Yeah. Definitely got their money, uh, got the money out of them. Yeah. All right. All right. So, you know, you had some financial impact. You spent some money out of your pocket to fix stuff up instead of, uh, the insurance paying for it because, you know, a lot of it just would have been uh, more expensive or I guess your premium was more expensive than fixing it and putting some right. equity on that thing. Uh, you had some vacancy, of course, because the folks were out there and that's kind of the collateral damage. And, oh, you had to wait for an electrician to come out too. So power wasn't restored. Now with the power, was that to the unit or to the whole building? to the actual apartment okay um so yes yeah, so they shut the main breaker off and when they do that you have to get something saying that you can turn the power back on so something i did not know awesome trying to avoid that so i know this might sound crazy but i gotta ask are there any process changes that you've made to keep these fires from happening again <laughs> Uh, yeah, so with the first fire where she had the, the LED string lights, so we have put that in our lease that we don't allow LED string lights um, to be in the apartment just because of the fire hazard. And um, we had the fire department come out and give us an assessment as to what we need to do because, like, I like those guys. I just don't like to see them <laughs> three times in six months. So um, had a guy come out. He told me exactly what we needed to do just to make sure um, that if that did happen again, that everybody's safe um, and we're in compliance with um, fire codes and that kind of thing. So we installed a couple more fire extinguishers on the outside of the building. So one upstairs and one downstairs 
and then um, one in the laundry room too. So now we're sure that, you know, if something does break out, it's just steps away where they can go grab something and take care of it without having to hopefully call the fire department. But, um, you know, if they do come out, that's not the worst thing either. Got it. Got it. So add the extinguishers, eliminate the risk by people doing silly things in their unit. I can't believe it. I, I surely hope, well, you said it in a roundabout way, but I'm glad she wasn't in the bed when the thing caught on fire. That could have been. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So the final question for this episode is, you know, what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners? Yeah, make sure you have reserves. Um, so we like to keep, um, you know, five, about five grand for the first store and then a certain number for each store after that. Um, so it can be $1,000, $2,000. But you need to make sure that you have some kind of reserves in the bank just to make sure when stuff does hit the fan. So when you have three HVAC systems go out or if you have three fires um, that you have some kind of backup plan as far as um, money to, to pull to make sure that you can get those things resolved because this, this, the faster you can get those things resolved, the faster you can get somebody back in there making money again. Awesome, Tyler. Really grateful for you sharing these amazing stories with us. Can't believe I've been hanging out with you for a few years now and haven't heard them. So thanks for bringing us <laughs> steps, man. I uh, will talk. You made it to this juncture. So you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review and share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with you.